Percy Jackson and the Olympians. The Titans Curse by the Gaiden. Chapter 6 An old dead friend comes to visit. The next morning after breakfast, I told Grover about my dream. We sat in the meadow watching the satyrs chase the wood nymphs through the snow. The nymphs had promised to kiss the satyrs if they got caught, but they hardly ever did. Usually the nymph would let the satyr get up full head of steam, then she turned into a snow-covered tree, and the poor satyr would slam into it head first and get a pile of snow dumped on him. When I told Grover my nightmare, he started twirling his fingers in his shaggy leg fur. A cave ceiling collapsed on her, he asked? Yeah, what the heck does that mean? Grover shook his head. I don't know, but after what Zoe dreamed, whoa. What do you mean? Zoe had a dream? Like that, I... I don't know exactly. About three in the morning, she came to the big house and demanded to talk to Kyron. She looked really panicked. Wait, how do you know this? Grover blushed. I was sort of camped outside the Artemis cabin. What for? Just to be, you know, near them. You're a stalker with hooves. I am not. Anyway, I followed her to the big house and hid in a bush and watched the whole thing. She got really upset when Argus wouldn't let her in. It was kind of a dangerous scene. I tried to imagine that Argus was the head of security for camp. Big blonde dude with eyes all over his body. He rarely showed himself unless something serious was going on. I wouldn't want to place bets on a fight between him and Zoe Nightshade. What did she say, I asked. Grover grimaced. Well, she starts talking really old-fashioned when she gets upset. So it was kind of hard to understand, but something about Artemis being in trouble and needing the hunters, and then she called Argus a boil brain loat. I think that's a bad thing. And then he called her, Well, wait, how could Artemis be in trouble? I, well... Finally, Khan came out in his pajamas and his horsetail in curlers, and he was curlers in his tail. Grover covered his mouth. Sorry, I said, go on. Well, Zoe, she needed permission to leave camp immediately. Khan refused. He reminded Zoe that the hunters were supposed to stay here until they received orders from Artemis, and she said, go, go. She said, how are we to get orders? From Artemis, if Artemis is lost. What do you mean, lost? Like she needs directions? No, I think she meant gone. Taken. Kidnapped. Kidnapped? I tried to get my mind around that idea. How would you kidnap an immortal goddess? Is that even possible? Well, yeah. I mean, it happened to Persephone. But she was like the goddess of flowers. Grover looked offended. Springtime. Whatever. Artemis is a lot more powerful than that. Who could kidnap her and why? Grover shook his head miserably. I don't know. Kronos? He can't be that powerful already. Can he? The last time we seen Kronos, he'd been in tiny pieces. Well, we hadn't actually seen him. Thousands of years ago, after the big titan god war, the gods had sliced him to bits with his own scythe and scattered his remains in Tartarus, 
which is like the God's bottomless recycling bin for the enemies. Two summers ago, Kronos had tricked us to the very edge of the pit and almost pulled us in. Then last summer, on board Luke's demon cruise ship, we seen a golden coffin where Luke claimed he was summoning the Titan Lord out of the abyss. Bit by bit, every time someone new joined their cause, Kronos would influence people with dreams and trick them. But I didn't see how he could physically overcome Artemis if he was still like a pile of evil bark molds. I don't know, Grover said. I think someone would if Kronos had reformed. The gods would be more nervous, but still, it's weird. You having a nightmare the same night as Zoe? It's almost like they're connected, I said. Over in the frozen meadow, a satyr skidded to his hooves as he chased after a red-headed tree nymph. She giggled and held out her arm. He ran toward her. Pop! She turned into a scotch pine, and he kissed the trunk at top speed. Ah, love... Grover said dreamily. I thought about Zoe's nightmare, which she had only a few hours after mine. I've got to talk to Zoe, I said. Um, before you do, Grover took something out of his coat pocket. It was a three-fold display, like a travel brochure. You remember what you said about how it was weird the hunters just happened to show up at Westover Hall? I think they might have been scouting us. Scouting us? What do you mean? He gave me the brochure. It was about the Hunters of Artemis. The front read, A wise choice for your future. Inside were pictures of young maidens doing hunter stuff, chasing monsters, shooting bows. There were captions like, Health benefits, immortality, and what it means for you. And a boy free tomorrow. I found that in Amber's backpack, Grover said. I stared at him. I don't understand. Well, it seems to me, maybe Annabeth was thinking about joining. I'd like to say I took the news well. The truth was, I wanted to strangle the Hunters of Artemis, one eternal maiden at a time. The rest of the day, I tried to keep busy, but I was worried sick about Annabeth. I went to Javelon's throwing class, but the Ares camper in charge yelled at me after I got distracted and threw the Javelin at the the target before he got out of the way. I apologized for the hole in his trousers, but he still sent me packing. I wanted... I visited the Pegasus stable, but Selena Berngard from the Aphrodite cabin was having an argument with one of the hunters, and I decided I'd better not get involved. After that, I sat in the empty chariot stands and sulked. Down at the archery fields, Colin was conducting target practice, I knew he'd be the best person to talk to. Maybe he could give me some advice, but something held me back. I had a feeling Khan would try to protect me like he always did. He might not tell me everything he knew. I looked in the other direction at the top of Half-Blood Hill. Mr. D and Argus was feeding the baby dragon that guarded the Golden Fleece. Then it occurred to me, no one would be in the big house. There was someone else. Something else I could ask for guidance. My blood was humming in my ears, and I ran into the house and took the stairs. I'd only done this once before, and I still had nightmares about it. I opened the trap door and stepped into the attic. The, dark, the room was dark and dusty and cluttered with junk. 
Just like I remember, they were shielded with monsters bite out of them. The sword bent into the shapes of a daemon head and a bunch of taxidermy like stuffed happy a bright orange python over by the window sitting on the three red stool was a shriveled up mummy of an old lady in tie-dye hippie dress the oracle i made myself walk towards her i waited for the green mist to build from the mice mouth like it had before but nothing happened hi i said uh what's up i went how stupid that sounded not much could be up when you're dead and stuck in the attic but I knew the spirit of the oracle was in there somewhere. I could feel a cold presence in the room, like a coiled sleeping snake. I have a question, I said a little louder. I need to know about Annabeth. How can I save her? No answer. The sun slanted through the dirty attic window, making the dust motes dance in the air. I waited longer. Then I got angry. I was being stonewalled by a corpse. All right. I said, fine, I'll figure it out myself. I turned and bumped into a big table full of souvenirs. It seemed more cluttered than last time I was here. Heroes stored all kinds of stuff in the attic. Quest trophies they no longer wanted to keep in their cabin or stuff that held painful memories. I knew Gluk had stored a dragon cloth somewhere up here, the one that had scarred his face. There was a broken sword hilt labeled, this broke. And Leroy got killed in 1999. Then I noticed a pink silk scarf with a label attached to it. I picked up the tag and tried to read it. Scarf of the Goddess Aphrodite, recovered at Waterland, Denver Co. by Amber Chase and Percy Jackson. I stared at the scarf. I totally forgotten about it. Two years ago, Annabeth had ripped the scarf out of my hands and said something like, Oh no, no love magic for you. I just assumed she'd thrown it away, and yet, here it is. She'd kept it all this time, and why had she stashed it in the attic? I turned to the mummy. She hadn't moved, but the shadow across her face made it look like she was smiling gruesomely. I dropped the scarf and tried not to run towards the exit. The night after dinner, I seriously ready to beat the hunters at Capture the Flag. It was going to be a small game, only 13 hunters, including Bianca D'Angelo, and about the same number of campers. Zoe Nightshade looked pretty upset. She kept glancing resentfully at Kyron, like she couldn't believe he was making her do this. The other hunters didn't look too happy either. Unlike last night, they weren't laughing or joking around. They just huddled together in the dining pavilion, whispering nervously to each other as they strapped their armor. Some of them even looked like they'd been crying. I guess Zoe told them about her nightmare. On our team, we had Beckendorf and two other bestest guys, a few from the Ares cabin, though it still seemed strange Khalees wasn't around, the Stoll brothers and Nico from the Herbie's cabin, and a few Aphrodite's kids. It's weird that the Aphrodite cabin wanted to play. Usually they sat on the sidelines, chatted, and checked their reflections in the river and stuff. But when they heard we were fighting the hunters, they were willing to go. I'll show them, lover's worthless Selena Berengard grumbled as she strapped on her armor. I'll pulverize them. That left Bally and me. I'll take the offense. You take defense. Oh, I hesitated because I'd been about to say the exact same thing. 
only reverse. Don't you think you're shielded at all? You'd be better defense. Balia already had Agius on her arm, and even our own teammates were giving her a wide berth, trying not to cower before the bronze head of Medusa. Well, I was thinking it would be a better offense, Starry said. Besides, you've had more practice at defense. I wasn't sure if she was teasing me. I had some pretty bad experience with defense on capture the flag. My first year, Annabeth had put me out as a kind of bait, and I'd almost been gored to death by spears and killed by a hellhound. Yeah, no problem, I lied. Cool, Thalia turned to help some of the Aphrodite kids who were having trouble setting up their armor without breaking their nails. Nico D'Angelo ran up to me with a big grin on his face. Percy, this is awesome! His blue-feathered bronze helmet was falling in his eyes, and his breastplate was about six sizes too big. I wondered if there was any way I'd look that ridiculous when I first arrived. Unfortunately, I probably had. Nico lifted the sword with effort. Do we get to kill the other team? Well, no. But the hunters are immortal, right? That's only if they don't fall in battle. Besides, it would be awesome if we just, like, resurrected as soon as we were killed so we could keep fighting and... Nico, this is serious. Real swords. These can hurt. He stared at me a little disappointed and I realized that I sounded like my mother. Whoa, not a good sign. I patted Nico on the shoulder. Hey, it's cool. Just follow the team. Stay out of Zoe's way. We'll have a blast. Kyron hoofs thundered on the pavilion floor. Heroes, he called. You know the rules. The river is the boundary line. Blue team Half-Blood shall take the west woods. Hunters of Artemis, red team, shall take the east woods. I will serve as referee and battlefield medic. No intentional maiming, please. All magic items are allowed to your positions. Sweet, Nico whispered next to me. What kind of magic items? Do I get one? I was about to break it to him that he didn't. When Thalia said, Blue team, follow me. They cheered and followed. I had to run to catch up and tripped over somebody's shield. I didn't look much like a co-captain, more like an idiot. We set our flag at the top of Zeus fit. This cluster. I didn't look much like co-captain, more like an idiot. We set our flag at the top of Zeus' fist. It's the cluster of boulders in the middle of the west woods. That if you look at it just the right way, looks like a huge fist sticking out of the ground. If you look at it from any other side, it looks like a pile of enormous deer dropping. But Colin wouldn't let us call the place the poop pile, especially after it had been named for Zeus, who doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Anyway, it was a good place to set the flag. The top boulder was six meters tall and really hard to climb, so the flag was clearly visible, like the rules said it had to be, and it didn't matter that the guards weren't allowed to stand within ten meters of it. I set Nico on the guard duty with Beckendorf and the Stoll brothers figuring to be safely out of the way. We'll send out a decoy to the left, Thalia told Team Selena. You leave that. Got it. Take Laurel and Jason. They're good runners. Make a wide arc around the hunters. Attract as many as you can. I'll take the main raiding party round to the right and catch them by surprise. Everybody nodded. It sounded good, and Thalia said it with such confidence 
You couldn't help but believe it would work. Thalia looked at me. Anything to add, Percy? Um, yeah, keep sharp on defense. We got four guards, two scouts. That's not much for a big forest. I'll be moving. Yell if you need help. And don't leave your post, Thalia said. Unless you seem a golden opportunity, I added. Better us go. Just don't leave your post. Right, unless. Percy! She torched my arm and shook me. I mean, everybody can see static shocks in the winter. When Thalia does, it hurts. I guess it's because her dad is the god of lightning. She's been known to fry off people's eyebrows. Sorry, Thalia said, though she didn't sound particularly sorry. Now, is everybody clear? Everybody nodded. We broke into our smaller groups. The horn sounded and the game began. Selena's group disappeared into the woods on the left. Thalia's group gave it a few seconds, then darted off towards the right. I waited for something to happen. I climbed Zeus's fist and had a good view over the forest. I remembered how the hunters had stormed out of the woods when they fought the manacore, and I was prepared for something like that. One huge charge that could overwhelm us, but nothing happened. I caught a glimpse of Selene and her two scouts. They ran through the, a clearing, followed by five of the hunters, leading them deep into the woods and away from Thalia. The plan seemed to be working. Then I spotted another clump of hunters heading to the right. Bows ready. They must have spotted Thalia. What's happening, Nico demanded, trying to climb up next to me. My mind was racing. Thalia would never get through. But the hunters were divided. With that many on either flank, the center had to be wide open. If I moved fast, I looked at Beckendorf. Can you guys hold the fort? Beckendorf snorted. Of course, I'm going in. The Snow Brothers and Nico cheered as I raced towards the boundary line. I was running at top speed, and I felt great. I leaped over the creek into enemy territory. I could see the silver flag up ahead. Only one guard, who wasn't even looking in my direction. I heard fighting to my left and right. Somewhere in the woods, I had it made. The guard turned at the last minute. It was Bianca D'Angelo. Her eyes widened as I slammed into her. And she went sprawling in the snow. Sorry, I yelled. I ripped down the silver silk flag from the tree and took off. I was ten meters away before Bianca managed to yell for help. I thought I was home for a zip. A silvery cord raced across my ankle and fastened to the tree next to me. A tripwire fired from a boat. Before I could even think of stopping, I went down hard, sprawling in the snow. Percy thought I yelled off to my left. What are you doing? Before she reached me, an arrow exploded at her feet, and a cloud of yellow smoke billowed around her team. They started coughing and gagging. I could smell the gas from across the woods, the horrible smell of sulfur. No fair, Thalia gasped. But it was unsmanlike. I got up and started running again. Only a few more meters to the river, I had the game. More arrows whizzed past my ears. A hunter came out of nowhere and slashed at me with her knife, but I parted and kept running. I heard yelling from our side of the river. Beckendorf and Nico were running towards me. I thought they were coming to welcome me back. Then I saw they were chasing someone. So nice hate, racing towards me like a cheetah, dodging campers with no trouble. And she had our flag in her hands. No, I yelled and poured on the speed. I was a meter from the water when Zoe bolted across to her own side, slamming into me for good measure. The hunters cheered as both sides cons on the creek. 
Talon appeared out of the woods, looking grim. He had the Stoll brothers on his back, and it looked as if both of them had taken some nasty wax to the head. Connor Stoll had two arrows sticking out of his helmet like an antenna. The hunters win, Kyron announced without pleasure. Then he muttered for the 56th time in a row. Perseus Jackson, Thalia yelled, soaring towards me. She smelled like rotten eggs, and she was so mad that blue sparks flickered on her armor. Everybody cringed and back up because of Aggies. It took all my willpower not to cower. What in the name of God were you thinking, she bellowed. I balled my fist. I've had enough bad stuff to happen to me for one day. I didn't need this. I got the flag, Thalia. I shook it in her face. I saw a chance and I took it. I was after a base, Thalia yelled, but the flag was gone. If you hadn't put it in, we would have won. You had too many on you. Oh, so it's my fault? I didn't say that. Ugh! Thalia pushed me and a shock went through my body that blew me backwards three meters into the water. Some of the campers gasped. A couple of hunters stiffled left. Sorry, Thalia said, turning pale. I didn't mean to. Anger roared in my ears. A wave erupted from the river, blasting into Thalia's face and doused her from the head to toe. I stood up. Yeah, I growled. I didn't mean to either. Thalia was breathing heavily. Enough! But Thalia held out a spear. You want some, seaweed brain? Somehow it was okay when Ambeth called me that. At least I got used to it, but hearing it from Thalia was not cool. Bring it on, pinecone face. I raised Riptide, but I could even defend myself. Thalia yelled, and a blast of lightning came down from the sky, hit her spear like a lightning rod, and slammed into my chest. I sat down hard. There was a burning smell. I had a feeling it was my clothes. Thalia, Kyron said, that is enough. I got to my feet and willed the entire river to raise. It swirled up hundred gallons of water in a massive icy funnel cloud. Percy Khan pleaded. I was about to hurl it at Thalia when I saw something in the woods. I lost my anger and my concentration, and all at once, the water splashed back into the riverbed. Thalia was surprised. She turned to see what I was looking at. Someone, something was approaching. It was shouldered in mucky green mist, but as it got closer, the campers and hunters gasped. This is impossible, Karen said. I never heard him sound so nervous. It, she has never left the attic, never. And yet the withered mummy that held the oracle shuffled forward until she stood in the center of the group, mist curled around our feet, turning the snow strictly shade ugly. None of us dared move. Then her voice hissed inside my head. Apparently everyone could hear it because several clutched their hands over the ears. I am the spirit of Delphi, the voice said, speaker of the prophecies of Phoebus Apollo, slayer of the mighty python. The oracle regarded me with its cold, dead eyes. Then she turned unmistakably towards Zone Nightshade, a seeker and axe. Zone swelled. What must I do to help my goddess? The oracle mouth opened and green mist poured out. I saw the vague image of mountain and a girl standing at the barren peak. It was Artemis, but she was wrapped in chains, feathered to the rock. She was kneeling, her hands raised as if to fend off an attacker. It looked like she was in pain. The oracle spoke. Five shall go west to the goddess in chains. One shall be lost in the land without rain. The bone 
The bane of Olympus shows the trail. Campers and hunters combined prevail. The titan's curse must one withstand, and one shall perish by a parent's hand. Then, as we all were watching, the mist rose and retreated like a great serpent into the mummy's mouth. The oracle sat down on a rock and became a still. She'd been in the attic as if she might sit by this creek for a hundred years.